I'm Allison Bukowski, and this is The Customer X-Files. I'm delighted to bring my years of experience supporting, building, and leading customer marketing and advocacy initiatives to the amazing community that supported me throughout my career. I've always been committed to moving CMA programs from transactional to engaging, multi-dimensional experiences, and this podcast is no different. Each episode, I'm joined by an incredible thought leader within the customer marketing and advocacy space, generous enough to share insights, knowledge, and experience with all of us, the Customer X community. Brought to you by the PeerSpot Network, nothing is off limits. If it has to do with the customer experience, we want to talk about it. And just as our industry continues to evolve, so will this podcast. Several days after each session, we'll invite all of you to join in a live Q&A session with our guest. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Customer X-Files. I am, of course, Allison Bukowski. But on this episode, I am joined today by Taylor Page, the Director of Customer Marketing and Advocacy at Kong. Previously, Taylor has led customer and product marketing at a variety of tech organizations. But what I think is really exciting and lends itself to our conversation today is she's very well positioned to step into the world of CMNA after years of focus on go-to-market functions like business development, sales, customer success, all of those that are our favorites now and our internal partners. And she's certainly passionate about nurturing relationships and telling compelling stories. But one of the reasons that I'm incredibly excited to talk to Taylor today is her curiosity and inquisitive nature. I I picked up on that right away as we were getting to know each other. She's not afraid to ask questions, get raw feedback from customers that ultimately helps drive business strategy. And she's been in this field for a while. And to this day, she's just as happy to roll up her sleeves, dig into Excel data spreadsheets as she is sitting and talking with senior executives about strategy. Um, And she's also one of my kindred spirits that I just learned. She participates in adult rec sports leagues. She loves exploring the outdoors. And she likes trying new dumpling recipes, which we're going to get to in just a second. But welcome, Taylor, to the show. So excited to have you and talk about customer marketing and advocacy. And also, I have to ask now, what is the secret to perfect dumplings? That's what we're going to kick off with. <laughs> okay, well, I cannot uh I guess I should say before I jump in. Hi, yes, I'm Taylor. Thank you so much for the for the warm welcome, Allison. Uh it is great to be here. I'm very excited to talk about um all things customer marketing and advocacy. Um so for dumplings, I am certainly uh much more versed in the consumption of dumplings than the creation. <laughs> Although I'm working uh, on being able to create amazing dumplings in home, I think there's two key components, right? You've got the wrapper and then you have the filling. I guess the third component would be like the cooking method. Um, so while I cannot claim to be any sort of expert uh, in how to make them, I think it's really figuring out like the perfect wrapper um, really nailing both the actual filling, also the amount of filling, and then uh, how you are heating them. Are you frying them, pan frying them, steaming, etc.? So, uh, yeah, as you uh, as you can probably tell, dumplings and other sort of savory parcels, one of my uh, key areas of interest. 
I, I love it. And I, I put you on the spot. You had no idea that I was going to, you know, surprise you with the dumpling question. But when I, I saw that and I thought, okay, we talk about food probably far too much on this podcast since it's supposed to be about customer marketing and advocacy, but I just, I, I love it. I love that you are, you know, working on perfecting such a specific thing. And I'm also secretly kind of a fan of just like foods that are in other foods. Um, I'm from Wisconsin. So like mozzarella sticks and cheese curds is a, that's a staple. And I have also tried to kind of perfect that wonton wrapper is my preferred, uh, wrapper mm -hmm. for the cheese okay. deep frying. But, but anyway, so there you go. People can, can reach out and, and ask you about dumplings as well as of <laughs> course, uh, customer marketing and advocacy, which is what we're going, we are going to talk about it. And we're going to bring up an oldie, but a goodie today, but with a little bit of a twist. Um, so Shakespeare, most of us are familiar with the what's in a name quote, but debating the differences between customer marketing and advocacy, that's a favorite pastime of ours. And we're going to get into that, but also equally as frustrating can be the kind of battle we have of deprioritizing strategic initiatives in order to support things like fire drills and tactical activities that come up. So Taylor and I are gonna dig into how do we change the wheel? And what we mean by that is getting away from this kind of hamster wheel and embracing the flywheel. In other words, how do we become more strategic? So to kick off our conversation, people before professionals, icebreaker question, which is probably the, this one is more on brand than any other that I've asked as far as the podcast. But Taylor, if you were not within customer marketing and advocacy, what would be your dream job? See, that's hard because I think one of the things that I love so much about customer marketing and advocacy, and, and certainly part of why I love working in startup phase tech companies, is that I love being able to do a lot of different things. I love diversity of activities. So it's hard for me to choose one dream job because I love doing so many things. Um, I think, though, uh, back when I was first graduating college and sort of starting out, I majored in art history, and I really I wanted to be an art history professor, um, but... Unfortunately, or fortunately, I think it is, uh, you know, for it, it was what it was, the sort of practical side of my brain won out. And I went into the nonprofit world, which led me into marketing and, and SaaS and tech, where I'm very happy to be now. But, but I think if this is like a total dream, um, I'm, I'm sort of a, sort of an academia type of person. I, really loved sitting in a library reading dusty, very, very old books about art history. And I, I think, uh, yeah, art history research and, and sharing that passion with others. I think that's probably, uh, I think that would be my dream job. I love it. And I didn't know that we had that in common, that we had started in nonprofit. So that's, that's very cool. The path from nonprofit to corporate America. I, I have to ask, and, and I'm sorry, this is probably one of those questions that art history majors or art majors, you know, don't like to be asked, but do you have a favorite, not a favorite piece, but like a favorite medium, um, you know, painting, sculpting, do you have something that you gravitate towards? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I really love oil painting. Um, I specifically, so a lot of what I studied was Northern Renaissance painting. So 14 to 1600s, um, but specifically in sort of the area that is now the Netherlands. And the oil painting techniques that they developed there are incredible. They have this like luminescence um, and they are just, they're really beautiful. So um, I, I love oil painting. Nice. Nice. I love, I love learning those little, those little <laughs> tidbits. Um, so, so let, let's, let's transition and start our conversation about customer marketing and advocacy with the obvious question. How do you tailor define customer marketing and customer advocacy and what's the difference? Yeah. So I, I think for me, it really comes down to breaking down what the words mean, right? I, to me, marketing is, while there are a lot of things that go into marketing, marketing itself, like that word means something, right? Marketing is about one-to-many communication. It's about omni-channel. It's about your market presence, about how you're positioned in the market. But to me, marketing is almost always, to some extent, a one-to-many uh, mode of communication, that doesn't mean always, but as a general rule. So to me, the pieces of customer marketing and advocacy that fall within customer marketing include those one-to-many customer communications that enhance the customer life cycle. That's anything from um, you know, a newsletter, an onboarding campaign, uh, maybe an, an omni-channel expansion campaign that you're running uh, that could be retention, right? But those pieces to me really fall within marketing. I think the other piece that falls within marketing is the outcomes of some of the advocacy. And I, I think we'll talk about this more, but to me, they are very inextricably linked. You can have an act of advocacy that leads to a piece of marketing material. So the assets that you create, whether that's a case study, that's um you know, online reviews, maybe that's a testimonial, maybe it's a blog or a webinar. Those are marketing assets to me. So those are things that you're using to increase your market profile. You are using as pieces of marketing. So those are the things that to me kind of fall within marketing. To my mind, advocacy is different because it is really about building those one-to-one -one relationships and to build, to, to help your customers move from users, maybe power users, maybe they're happy users or <laughs> less happy users, but to build those one-to-one -one relationships, agent acts of advocacy. So that's everything from a customer advisory board um, that could be a speaking opportunity, that could be participating in a user group or customer references, pr providing customer references. Those to me fall into that, to advocacy, sort of the acts of advocacy. Um, so I think the key differences are, I would say the key difference is a bit in the intent and the goals. So in Customer marketing, the intent and the goals are in that sort of one-to-many. You're targeting maybe not all of your customers. Uh, ideally, you have some segmentation and targeting, but you are looking to 
you are looking to target sort of in a, in a one-to-many fashion. And your goals are around that marketing funnel. So you're moving people through the funnel. You're moving people through the life cycle. Whereas advocacy really is focused on those one-to-one relationships and about deepening that relationship between your customer or your champion and your company. And we had chatted about this and I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on your definitions. And I'm kind of a bonus question here because we've been hearing about, you know, qualitative and quantitative and how are we measuring, you know, customer advocacy specifically, but you, you're, you're holding true to something that I agree with the one to many versus the, the one to one, um, but we've started to hear about one-to-many when it comes to advocacy. Now, do you think that's just kind of a, like really at the heart of it, it's still the same sort of because it's relationship focused, but do you see advocacy kind of broadening as far as being able to kind of bite off a little bit more to expand instead of one-to-one to do one-to-many references comes to mind? Yeah, I I think I- I think as any company looks to grow and scale, you have to be thoughtful about, okay, we have limited resources. How do we how do we engage more people using our limited resources? And that's where one-to-many channels become very, very appealing. So um, I think though, if the intention again is still to deepen at the end of the day, that relationship between that champion or those champions at that company with your company, to me, that still falls into advocacy. So for sure, with customer references, you know, if you're hosting a, like a small group reference call, right, where you've got like a few prospects on a call with a customer, technically that would be one to a few, right? But, But at the heart of it, you're still looking to impact each of those individuals' relationships with your company. Um, A cab too, right? Like I send out communication to our cab members. We have quite a few cab members, but at the end of the day, right? Like the important driving force there is the relationship between those individual members and our company. Um, I think there are some things that are kind of, move a little bit in the middle. I think about online reviews, right? Like your review generation campaigns typically will be one to many. Those will look like marketing. Um, What you are trying to drive is an act of advocacy, but there's a lot of interplay in between the two. Um, So I I don't think it is always clear cut. To me though, when I'm, it, it really, it comes down to what is the, what is the basic goal What are the outcomes you're trying to drive? And if it is sort of that one to many, and and I guess I should also say, like, what lever are you using? Because, you know, that is so much of what marketing is. We have a lot of different levers available to us. We pull those different levers to get different outcomes. Um, So I think what levers and channels you're using, what the basic outcome you're trying to drive is, and then what, what is that goal? What is that underlying goal? To me, that's sort of how you can weigh, is this more customer marketing? Is this more customer advocacy? Um, 
but I, you know, I'm certainly not trying to say that it is at all black and white. I don't think it is. Right. And I think that's one thing that most people agree on that there is some, some gray area, but I think you've provided some excellent examples on how to delineate. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that works from just a career trajectory and career perspective. But do you think that that's, that's sort of why there is such confusion around these two areas? Because one really does, I always look at it as, you know, advocacy really feeds so many areas and, and marketing is one of those areas. So is that why there's confusion around these two areas? And it is, is it even a big deal that there's confusion? I'd love your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny when we, when we started talking about this, you know, I, I have thoughts and opinions about it, but frankly, it is not something that I think about much at all in my regular life, uh, in my day-to-day life, working in customer marketing and advocacy at Kong, uh, because it doesn't come up. The things that come up are, how does this fit into our flywheel, right? And I, I have a flywheel of customer marketing and advocacy at Kong that I've built, um, and it lays out how these pieces work together. So I think about what stage in our flywheel does this fit into? And they are lightly grouped into things that to me are marketing or advocacy. But they're, to, in, in my world, there really isn't delineation because they are so important for each other. You cannot provide good product adoption communication to your customers if you don't have some understanding of how your customers are using your product. So if you have things like a cab, a user group, if you have voice of the customer programs, right? Those are those would all fall kind of into acts of advocacy, but but you need that to feed the other. Um, similarly, if you are reaching out to um, folks about customer references, you may need to do some marketing. You may need to build a landing page for your advocacy program. You may need to send some marketing emails. You'll need to pain, right? Like those are marketing activities, but they feed into advocacy. So I I suspect that um <laughs> that confusion or or the the impulse to delineate comes down as many things do to budget. Um and you know I'd I'd be really interested to hear from somebody where um who's in a company where these things are more separated, you know, where they are sort of farther apart. But um, for for me and for the programs, uh, for the departments that I've run, I, I don't really look at them separately. I look at them as very much connected and all part of the broader picture of what we do. I, and, and I would say, I'll, I'll go ahead and maybe, I don't know if it's a bold statement or not, but I will say that they really shouldn't exist without the other, um, that they, they can't. Like customer marketing and advocacy do need to exist because they support each other. Um, I can say you had asked about, you know, if, if there was delineation and I've sat within organizations where advocacy was not within the marketing department um, and it is, can be very successful. I think, you know, customer success comes to mind or even sure. sitting within sales or sitting within the, the product organization, but they still feed each other and they really can't exist 
um, without the other. However, where it sits within the organization, and that that's another topic, but um, has to do with those goals, right, that you mentioned earlier, because how do you want advocacy to function? And what do you really want it to support? And I think that helps answer the question around where, where does it sit? So um, I'm sure there's others that have uh, thoughts as well and more wisdom on this particular area, but just having had the experience of being in different different parts, I would say they cannot exist without each other, but they don't have to exist in the same on the same team. That makes sense? For sure. No, I yeah. and I agree, right? Like they can be separated out um depending on, you know, as you say, what I would I would think depending on what the goals are, what types of customers you're dealing with, um, how resources are allocated, right? Like within your company. But if there is if one exists without the other, you either just have the acts of advocacy, but nowhere to uh, use them, if that makes sense. Like you, yeah. you are sort of lacking the, uh, how, how do you increase your market pro profile? How do you affect uh, your marketing funnel, right? If you just have sort of acts of advocacy sitting alone. I, they're still useful, of course, but I think they can certainly be much more useful um, if you are really taking full advantage of them. On the other side, you know, how do you have customer communication? How are you projecting customer content into the world? All of that, um, that is very, very hard to do without the associated acts of advocacy. So whether they sit together, which I, you know, in my world, it tends to be what I advocate. Haha, -ha, we've used that word now a lot. It tends to be what I advocate for, just you know, from from my experience. Um, whether they sit together, whether they sit separately, they are absolutely reliant on each other, um, and really are kind of balancing sides of of the same scale. Is that a is that an analogy that makes sense? I think so. I think we can use the scales of justice. I'm, I'm, you know, sort of picturing <laughs> that yin and yang, you know, whatever you, I, I think we're, we're in agreement on that, that yes, could they, could they be apart, but then you're not maximizing the value of the other. Um, ultimately, I think is, is what it comes down to. And I think also, and I just, one question on career journey and it may seem like this one's kind of coming out of left field but i think it does fit in to the bigger picture here because we talked about the hamster wheel and the flywheel and we'll get into the specifics of that in just a second but you've had as i mentioned at the beginning of the show you've worked within sales you've worked within customer success you've dealt with strategic partnerships so can you tell us just a little bit about your career journey in this space? Because I'm often asked by peers um, or especially those starting out within this industry, like how do I get from point A to, to point B? And, and you've done that. And I think a very, a fairly linear fashion. So talk to us a little bit about that journey. Well, uh, as with everything, some of it is luck, right? Um, and I'm, a, I'm always a big proponent of using everything that you have available. Um, and I and I do think that one of the skills that ends up being so crucial in customer marketing and advocacy um, is the power of storytelling. And whether you're telling, uh, and, and that is relevant whether you're telling somebody else's story 
or where you, whether you're telling your own story. So um, I think uh, a lot of my career journey has, has looked like me taking the next best opportunity that was available to me, um, but in figuring out how to um, tell my own story uh, effectively, or you know, as as up till now, it seems to be pretty effective. So um, I think some of it is is first identifying your strengths. Um, I, I mentioned I started out in nonprofits. So my first ever job, I was working at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston um, in the development uh, uh, department. So I was working with um, our non-cash gifts estate planning. Um, so it's called planned giving. This is everything from bequests to annuities to trusts. Um, and it really kind of threw me into the deep end of understanding donor relations, but also uh, being very, very quantitative. I did a lot of assessing spreadsheets, assessing numbers, plugging things into tools and, and seeing kind of what came out. So I think from the jump, I had experience, I built experience in two areas that I think are really important to to really any function um, within a business, but certainly within sort of go-to-market functions and and within marketing. Um, you know, I, I eventually came into the tech world, into SaaS, um, because I was transitioning out of nonprofits and I had a lot of experience planning events. So I worked for a company that helped nonprofits run fundraising events. And again, you know, it was a little bit of um, data work. A lot of, I, I had to learn how to code in a, in a light way, and I've forgotten most of it now, but had to learn to code. But I also had to build relationships with my customers. I had to help them run an event. I had to act as a consultant, um, as the subject matter expert, um, and to work really quickly, make big decisions on my feet, and own my own outcomes. And I tell all of this because I think it kind of builds to, you know, the actual activities that you do in any role are going to change to some extent. But those key skills, can you zoom quickly from the big picture, what goals are we trying to drive quickly down to, okay, we want to make that happen. How do we make that happen? What happens first? second, third, and then back out again. I think that is such a translatable skill. Um, I also think that being able to write uh, in a way that is uh, efficient, that is that captures a consistent voice, um, but that tells a compelling story. I think that is a is a skill that you can develop through all sorts of different actual individual roles. Um, but it serves you really well in a number of different functions. Um, and then I think, you know, you you mentioned, and I, uh, it, it it's funny to, I guess I, I feel sort of like I'm tooting my own, own horn, but I guess um, I'm just a deeply curious person. I am so curious. I always, I hear one thing and I say, hey, I want to know more about that. Um, I always jump to get involved because I want to understand. If I'm working for a SaaS company, I want to understand how our product works. I want to jump into the weeds of 
What does this experience look like? How do these things work together? What is it like to be a user of this product? Um, and I think all of those things. So, you know, being able to zoom, tell one, being able to tell a story effectively. Two, being able to zoom quickly in and out to understand both the strategic and the execution. Um, and then having curiosity. Uh, I think that is sort of how I've how I've gotten to where I have. You know, once I finally found customer marketing um, and advocacy, it really felt like a little bit of an aha moment. And I said, oh, okay, like this feels like something that takes everything that I've learned how to do and focuses it in in a way where I'm actually doing things that I really like um, and I'm doing something that to me feels very meaningful. Creating a great customer experience, that's something that means a lot to me. Um, and so I was able to, you know, find something that I put a lot of passion into. I I know exactly what you mean with the aha moment. I had the same experience when I got into customer advocacy. And I think a lot of us had that moment and it feels as if a role was created for you. And I think that will never change. The unique nature of customer marketing and customer advocacy is you know, and the, and the curiosity piece as well. When I was in healthcare and I worked for United Health Group, we had a mood elevator in lots of companies have ways of, and you, the goal was always to be curious. And that has stuck with me. Um, you know, one of those corporate kind of jargon things, but it held a lot of meaning, which is ask the questions. And yep. if it, if it doesn't make sense, kind of push it and ask the why question, right? You know, we're all scientists. I don't care if you have a degree that that backs it, but we're always looking to learn more. And I think that's one of the things that you and I talked about when we first got together and we thought this would, this would be a good topic that we could have on the podcast. And so I'll go to the wheel now. I'll get, I promise everybody, we're going to bring it home with why it was called <laughs> the hamster wheel to flywheel. But you mentioned something to me that stuck with me and I'm going to hold on to it. And that is always thinking the next step ahead, right? When you're in a role and you're doing it, but your eye is on the next role or not even the next role, but the next project and the impact. So let's talk about the hamster wheel. I think we're all pretty familiar with that analogy and what that means, right? You're just, there you are, the rodent on the wheel and you just keep going and going. So for you in your career, um, what were some of the things earlier in your career that just kept you running on the wheel? And then we'll talk about transition, but what were the, some of those things where you're just like, okay, this is taking me away from other stuff, but I've just got to keep doing it. Oh man. Um, I, I will list an activity that frankly, uh, it still feels hamster wheel E to me. And this is my time to say that, um, the work that I do at Kong is extremely strategic. I have all of our, you know, everything is mapped out how it all connects to the bigger picture. That does not mean that certain activities do not still feel like we are on a hamster wheel. One of them was one of my um, early uh, customer marketing roles was at a company that was um, really trying to improve its uh, visible to the market 
um, image. So online reviews um, and fighting some complaints that customers had raised was a huge piece of what I did. I spent a massive percentage of my time chasing down folks to um, to help to help mitigate some of their experiences, to get positive reviews. Um, and it it never felt like something it it's strategic in the broadest sense that, you know, we know that, what's the stat, like 80% of buyers by the time they actually come to your website to make, or by the time they actually come to a purchasing decision, they've done all of their research, right? And that stat is wrong. I shouldn't have said any numbers, but I think you probably know the one I'm referencing, right? We know the importance of reviews. We know the importance of um, of analyst reports, of word of mouth. We know that having a positive uh, presence in the market is crucial, but the actual work it takes to get there or to kind of start from behind and fix that feels incredibly hamster wheel-y. Another thing that, you know, again, is so, so important, but I think can feel kind of hamster wheel-esque is um, creation of, of customer stories. So I think about case studies, you know, the process of creating a case study, um, and I have gone, I have used so many different approaches. I have used many, many different playbooks. I've got one now that I, that I like and feel good about, but the reality is that getting a case study created takes a lot of time. Um, and so I think it can still feel a little bit like you are just running on a hamster wheel to get something created. Um, and, and it's hard sometimes to, to stop and look at the broader picture of, okay, why are we doing this? How is this being used? How is this moving the needle? Do, does everyone else within our go-to-market function understand why we have these? Are they using them to the best? Um, are they using them to the utmost, et cetera? So I think those are, man, online reviews can feel very, very hamster wheel-y to me. I know there are people who that is like their absolute favorite part of this uh of this function um for me they are uh they, it can really just feel like you're sort of running um it, yes that, that and that's a actually i'd love to have a have a conversation it's something that not surprisingly in my role i get very excited about talking about how do we take that off the hamster wheel that particular <laughs> topic and move it into into the flywheel um, but we, I won't delve into that specific right now, but I do want to kind of talk about in the same vein, right? And I think you brought it up. There's always going to be the more administrative or those things that feel like, okay, got to do it and have to churn it out. However, there is, there's a way that you start to transition. And I'm curious, how did you, sometimes it, I think it happens with your career, just in the, in the roles, right? That if you're progressing, but it doesn't always have to be that way. It can also just be in your mindset and approach to work. So what are your thoughts, your advice on how you eventually start to transition from tactical to thinking more strategically and, and what's helpful 
in changing that mindset? Yeah, I, I think some of it is, is uh, I don't know how to say this without it sounding so basic and obvious. Some of it is just doing it. So, you know, the, the first ever advocacy framework and roadmap that I created, um, it certainly wasn't good, you know, it, uh, I can't say that it was, um, that it was innovative or, you know, any earthquake, uh, earth shattering or anything like that, but just going through the exercise of taking all the pieces of what, of what the, what we as a function were doing and zooming out really far to think about how it connects to the broader picture. Um, and I think using, you know, everybody has a different tool that works for them. I like Miro. I also like just writing in a, uh, in a notebook, sometimes just doing it, scr- chicken scratching in pen and paper works really, really well for me. Um, that was that was how I created my first vision and pillars and roadmap um, was just doing it. Uh, and some of it was because the company that I, um, the company that where I was, I was their first customer marketer ever. Um, and, and that has been the case for a lot of companies that I've worked at. Um, I'm the first customer marketer, special, you know, SME, who has worked at the company. Um, so some of it was, you know, just me for my internal roadshow to demonstrate to various other stakeholders, sales leaders, CX leaders, product leaders, executives, et cetera like what it was that I was doing, because there are still so many people, you know, we think about customer marketing and advocacy all the time. Other people often don't know it even exists. There are still so many companies that don't have customer marketing as its own function. It sits within product marketing or the the activities sit within a demand gen team, a campaigns team, a product marketing team, right? So there are still so many leaders and executives who don't think about this as a strategic function. And so going through the steps of defining what it means to you and defining specifically what it means for your company, keeping in mind whatever top level business objectives you have, being able to articulate that. Um, and I think we, you know we've talked a little bit about career journey and, and I've spoken to mine. I think that was for me a real turning point in my career journey. I knew I wanted to get into leadership. I knew that was something that I aspired to and that I had a lot of ambition to move into. But for customer marketing, being able to speak to executives in the language, in their language, right, of these are the outcomes. This is how it ties into our broader business goals. Being able to speak that language and just going through the exercise was, was really um I think that really was what made the difference. And and I agree with you on that. And you said something um, kind of at the, at the start of that answer of just do the work. Um, I think that we, and I don't think it's simplistic at all. It feels simplistic, but it is much easier said than done because we get in our own heads 
And I think some of that is because of what you mentioned, like you, I, one of the first ones doing this, right, within different organizations. And so we get in our own heads about how are we going to appease, you know, yes, you have one boss, but you really have multiple because you have multiple stakeholders. And how do you make sure that things are resonating, knowing that there might not be the knowledge across, you know, the organization and getting started is often the the most difficult part. Like when you were, you know, in college or in high school, I would put that to, okay, I got to write an essay or I have a term paper. What's the hardest thing? Starting. Like just putting pen to paper and capturing thoughts. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. I don't know. Maybe other people out there love doing their annual performance review. I don't uh, for multiple reasons. I don't want to, I'm not good about talking about myself and like, you know, oh, look at these accomplishments, but you do it and you get better at it and you become more comfortable with it. And sometimes it is just a slog. Um, I, to this day, annual performance review is an evening activity with a large glass of wine that just has to happen. Um, And so when you're building out an advocacy plan or you're doing a presentation, um, I think it's brilliant advice, Taylor, just just do it. You just have to sit down and do it. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to create a draft. I mean, that this ties into sort of my general philosophy about most things, you know, marketing is, is at its core an art of iteration. We never get anything right on the first try because we're not that that's not the point. The point is to do activities, to collect data, to iterate, to improve to do to continue making it the best that it can be. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of work right now with um within our product and our our product communication and product our our user life cycle. Um and my my biggest uh point that I always make to the team is sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to do something because otherwise you can't collect any information about it. So just put something on paper that kind of makes sense to you. Find a friendly ally, somebody who is, you know, in a leadership position at your company who you feel who you feel you have some rapport with and give them the pitch. And it's scary, but give them the pitch, see how they respond, get their feedback, and then from there iterate and and go forward. And if you're saying things that don't resonate to people, that's totally fine. You can always change. Um, but, and, and that's certainly how my flywheel has evolved, right? Like the more that I presented this to my leaders, to executives, the more I looked and and made note of when the light bulb moment came on, that was how I evolved, you know, my sort of basic flywheel and, uh, and vision, um, to become what it is now. But, um, I think that really, that really is the only way to do it. You just have to start feedback on a blank piece of paper, but you can on a rough draft. Right, right. And that's as you, and you mentioned, as you apply these practices, that's how the evolution happens, right? From tactical, from the hamster wheel to more strategic flywheel. And I honestly, I think that that can be applied. That's why I love this conversation because it maybe is a little esoteric, but uh, yeah. it can be applied to career 
right? As you you take, you know, you're usually very tactical. And then as you move, you move through your career journey, you do get more strategic. That's knowledge, that's experience, that's doing the work. The same is true of um, you know, something like an advocacy program or, you know, an overall marketing strategy. And you know, being able to build out what you maybe sat down and put as chicken scratch, neat, you know, case studies, reviews, um, you know, interviews with customers. Okay, very tactical, but the wheel starts becoming strategic when you make the connection between that and improved relationships, engagement, renewal rate, you know, the, all of those starts, that starts to come, um, I think, with the evolution, if you will, of these, these wheels. So, in, in closing, um, because I'm so appreciative of your time, uh, usually I ask our guests for their favorite piece or the best piece of advice for this wonderful community. You've done nothing but drop pearls of wisdom, uh, to quote Mr. Al Pacino. But anything, a, a final you know, piece of advice that you were given or you'd like to hand out to the community on any topic, quite frankly. Ooh, um, let me think. I wrote down like 10 already. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. I, I think I probably just in keeping with everything that we've talked about, I think, you know, the, the piece of advice that I give whenever I, I talk to, you know, whether it's alums from my alma mater or, um, you know, previous employees and teammates who, who reach out, I think the, the number one thing that, that they often ask is, you know, right. Like what's important, like what is important for me to do in my career or like, how can I be successful? And the thing that I always say is really being successful in a career, there's really three things that you can do. Um, one is to take accountability and that includes both taking credit for the things that are yours um, and that, you know, can translate to like a, a win, um, keeping record of all of your wins. That's something that somebody gave me advice to do, which was great. Um, and it also means owning when something does not go to plan or you make a mistake, um, but taking accountability for the good and the bad, being proactive and curious, which is something we've already talked about. Um, but, you know, always coming to the plate with solutions um, you know, raising things before it's a problem and, and asking those why questions. And then, you know, a thing that I think a lot of customer marketing and advocacy um, folks are, are so good at and part of why I love being part of this community, just be a, be a good person, come from a place of integrity, treat people the way you'd like to be treated, all of that. And really the, those three things, if you are doing those three things, you can get to where you want to get in your career. Like, I believe that so wholeheartedly. I do think it's that simple. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that that really, you know, that's, I don't know if that's advice or if it's just, you know, kind of codifying things that uh, people already tell you. But, you know, I, I would say to anybody, you know, figure out where you want to go and then and then create your path to get there. Uh, the community is so amazing. There are so many folks who are very, very smart, who have already done a lot of these things. So uh, yeah, uh, ask, be a, be a, be an involved member of the community. And, you know, of course, always reach out to me if, uh, if you want to hear more 
of me talk about things, which I can't imagine after this podcast, anybody will. But oh, I think you I <laughs> think they you'd do. be surprised. I think you'd be surprised. Uh I think you might uh you might see some messages coming in through through LinkedIn and also of course as is the case with uh this podcast with the customer X Files. Yes, Taylor and I will get together. We'll do a peer perspectives session so that you can bring some of those questions and you know ask ask those of Taylor directly. I think that's an awesome way to keep giving back to this community. And I know you and I have talked about this. We may even, if you come to that session, get yourself a little sample of a hamster to flywheel kind of graphic. Um, since I know you have something, I have something and we're like, oh, we'll put our wheels together um, and see what, what we come. Yeah, a one wheel to, to rule them all. So <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time and joining us. Like I said, I have so many nuggets written down here. And for those of you listening, as I said, the conversation does not have to end today. Uh, follow the podcast, follow myself, follow Taylor on LinkedIn, and we'll make sure to reach out in just a bit with some information on how you can join that peer perspectives session. And until next time, Thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you the next time around. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Customer X-Files. Don't forget to follow me, Allison Bukowski, on LinkedIn, where you'll find information about our Peer Perspectives session, your chance to join the conversation live on each episode's topic, ask questions and network with your peers. Customer X-Files is brought to you by PeerSpot. In a market full of hype, PeerSpot's buying intelligence platform is where tech pros go to get practical, reliable information on enterprise technology. You work too hard to build strong customer relationships. It's time to leverage those relationships in a way that maximizes value for your organization and minimizes customer effort. PeerSpot's approach to customer-driven content empowers customer marketers and advocacy professionals that strive to achieve the gold standard within their industry. For more information, check out marketing.peerspot.com. And to keep getting this show in your podcast feed every time a new episode drops, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm.